With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Para el Millennium Way Show, yo soy Ismael Treviño y este episodio llega a usted gracias a Virtual Picks y a Connection 101. Empezamos. Hey guys, my name is Ismael Treviño and this is the Millennial Way Show. Thank you very much for being with us. Our next guest, her name is Dr. Kinga Polinsu. Doctor of uh, Social Science, Communications and Media Studies from uh, Helsinki Collegium for Advanced Studies in the University of Helsinki in Finland. She's a postdoctoral researcher from University of Helsinki with a master's degree also in Communications and Media Studies. Uh, has a bachelor's in Journalism in the University of Warsaw in Poland. And um, a few days ago, the French news agency AFP News published an article titled Bill Gates, Boogeyman of Virus Conspiracy Theorist. And uh, we read this uh, article published in uh, major publications as Barron's Magazine, the Jakarta Post, New York Times, the Rush Report. And this article actually talked about all these um, claims targeting the billionaire philanthropist that are um, gaining traction online since the beginning of the coronavirus outbreak with experts saying and warning that they could uh, hamper efforts to curb the virus. Doctor photos and fabricated um, news articles crafted by conspiracy theorists um, shared thousands of times on social media platforms and messaging apps in various languages have gone as far as accusing the Microsoft founder of creating actually the outbreak. Bill Gates, for example, who have uh, pledged $250 million to efforts to fight the pandemic is actually the latest in a string of online targets despite the World Health Organization efforts to fight what it called an infodemic, misinformation fed by panic and uh, confusion about the virus. In recent months, 5G networks and Hungarian-American billionaire George Soros have also been blamed for creating this uh, COVID-19 which has killed more than 333,000 people around the world. Our guest, Dr. Polinsku, wrote recently a work called The Allure of Conspiracy Theories in a Time of Pandemic. Um, I'm gonna call you Kinga, which is your, your, your name. Uh, Kinga, it's an honor actually to have you on our show. Thank you very much for being with us. And please tell us, what's this uh, allure of conspiracy theories in a time of pandemic? So first of all, thank you Ismail for having me. It's a wonderful opportunity and hopefully I'm going to be able to answer your questions. Uh, so um, when it comes to the allure of the uh, conspiracy theories in the time of pandemic, well, I think that it boils down to the same kind of situation as we have in any kind of major, major crisis, which is uh, a situation that unfolds rapidly when we are when we don't have full information about what's going on and nobody is actually in possession of full knowledge of an understanding of what's happening and the situation is rapidly unfolding and rapidly evolving and it's very difficult to make sense of why it's happening and what's going to happen next and what to do in order to um to manage it 
So um, what's special about conspiracy theories in this context is that they are easily graspable. So uh, unlike all the scientific kind of like um, explana explanations and exegations, which actually uh, are sort of steeped in these very, um, very um, sort of like specialist language, which is not necessarily accessible to, uh, to an average person, uh, conspiracy theories actually relay on uh, very simple explanations very simple stories and actually i i think that's that's the most probably one of the most ex, sort of like appealing features of conspiracy theories that they are actually stories so they are narratives and they 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 have usually a villain they have people who suffer so they have the victims and and there is usually a plot that unfolds and most of all there is a there is a sort of like a goal it all happens with a certain meaning with a certain goal in mind so nothing is so in conspiracy theories, nothing is really random. Uh, nothing happens randomly, nothing happens out of the blue. Everything has been preconceived by this villain. And in a way, um, in time of pandemic, conspiracy theories provide knowledge, which is, well, quote unquote knowledge, because it's, very, it's more often than not prejudice and, um, and misconception, but it fills in the blanks. So the things that we don't understand, why, when we don't know why something is happening, these preconceptions and, and uh, prejudice, they actually can fill in the gaps and they can provide some kind of explanation for what's happening. <laughs> no, perfect, perfect. And I really appreciate that, that, that explanation. Akinga, you mentioned in your, in your paper, in your latest work about conspiracy theories, that for example, in Poland, um, a recent survey has found that as many as 45% of respondents uh, agreed that some foreign powers of countries are deliberately contributing to the spread of the coronavirus, compared to 42% who attributed the pandemic to natural processes. How is that, and how much danger can do a conspiracy theory? Well, um, it can do, like... Conspiracy theories are dangerous and we have known that or we have a, a sort of like evidence from history. So um, first of all, if there is a group of, well, as I said, the conspiracy theory always has, there is a, always this evil puppet master or the great mastermind behind everything that is happening. So we have, have probably the, the most poignant, painful, example from history is, is the Holocaust, actually. So um, even though that, that was a much more complicated story, but a lot of um, anti-Jewish, anti-Semitic propaganda actually drew on this, uh, on this document that was fabricated by the, uh, by um, like in, uh, in Imperial Russia, uh, which was called like the Protocols of the Elders of Zion, which actually um, sort of alluded or, or was supposedly a plan of the Jews to take over the world. So, um, so there were links between these fabricated protocols and the anti-Jewish, anti-Semitic propaganda. You mentioned also uh, something very interesting in your work. You said all explanations for a new situation. Uh, can you give us another example of this? Yeah, so I'm thinking to back to one of the of the first conspiracy theories that I saw about coronavirus, and this is also because of my research interest, because my 
interest in conspiracy theories actually relates to a very specific type of conspiracy theories, namely the racializing ones. So the theories in which uh, minorities or, or racialized people are, are considered the mastermind. So this is a very tricky kind of, um, very tricky uh, type of conspiracy theories where actually the, the weakest and the most vulnerable are put in the position of almighty and all powerful. But uh, yeah, one of the first conspiracy theories that I saw about the, um, about the coronavirus had to do actually with this age old um, or centuries old Jewish conspiracy. So there was an idea circulating that actually it was the Jews. And that's again, they are, they are the, yet another plot to take over the world. I, I should. I think that for example, yeah, that also the idea that, that somehow the coronavirus was, uh, if not um, produced and at least examined and mishandled in a Chinese laboratory, and then it, uh, due to some kind of mishandling, it escaped. So I think that this type of explanation is also a very old idea that somehow, um, I, that is popular, I think, especially in the US, but not exclusively, that China as a kind of uh, competitor for world hegemony is not really competent. So they are not really like really being taken seriously because whatever they do well, they in the case of pandemic again, they provided faulty masks, faulty, um, faulty um, like respirators and faulty. Um, so basically they produced a lot of faulty equipment, uh, equipment that they then they sold uh, abroad. And um, yes, so there is, I think that the idea of somehow the Chinese incompetence is also the, at the root of one, at uh, the core and at the roots of one of the conspiracy theories. And this is again, old knowledge, right? This is the old prejudice. Uh, Kinga, you also said that conspiracy theories uh, exploit undisputable facts as source material for questionable extrapolations. In other words, they are based on the big leap from the undeniable to the unbelievable. H how is that? Um, so yeah, um, coming back to the Chinese example, this is kind of an undeniable fact, at least as far as I'm aware, that the uh, epidemic started in Wuhan. It did start in China. So there is like absolutely no doubt about that. But the most probable scientific explanation for the time being is that there, um, it was just a mutation at one of these wet markets. There were animals that too close together that were sick and then their virus kind of like, they, and then the viruses that these animals carried just sort of mutated and somehow jumped on a human and, and so on. So that's the most, I think, uh, like the serious uh, scientific ex explanation at the moment, but then, from this idea that it started in, in China or in Wuhan specifically, there is, um, because there is uh, this laboratory there as well. So, <laughs> so you have these two, you take these two facts and then you kind of mix them together, even though they are not really connected. I mean, there is no, no pro proven link between the two, but you kind of take them together, you combine them, you could, you put them into one pot and then you have the, the idea of that, uh, that the virus was somehow, somehow produced by 
by the Chinese and mishandled or then examined and mishandled and so on. So, um, yes. And then, of course, there is also, um, when you think about Bill Gates, and this is actually a very curious example, because he is a person, as you have mentioned, who has invested a lot of money and a lot of effort in this kind of like um, raising awareness of the, the danger and threat of pandemic and a lot of um, and he has invested a lot of money in vaccine research and whatnot so uh, from these so, <laughs> some people it was possible for some people to extrapolate the idea that since this is what he does uh, he has invented this virus or somehow participated in inventing or spreading it so that he can make more money of the vaccines that he has also produced. For, for, um, actually, yeah, so. actually, in that in that specific example, Kinga, uh, when you when the article uh, that was actually the reason where we saw your your, your comments, we said we said okay, we're gonna try, let's try to get this amazing guest all the way from Finland to our show. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky. Lucky in line at the deli, I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office more than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me. What's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And uh, they talk in this article about the perfect boogeyman for these theories, Mr. Bill Gates. Um, and, and why is he perfect? The, the perfect target for these kind of theories, as you mentioned, there was also the 2015 TED Talk uh, when he, he has uh, even had the audacity to cipher <clears throat> the his evil plan in this official name of the DC. Let's say the COVID-19 was actually a certificate of vaccination, the desinfication, uh, artificial intelligence, I mean, like. How come? Yeah, how come, indeed. Um, so as far as I know, I mean, th this is also kind, kind of curious because you mentioned George Soros and he's typically considered the mastermind be behind all the global plots and whatnot. But in this case, he has been very much replaced by, by Bill Gates. But what they have in common, although of course it's, um, although of course Bill Gates much more so, is uh, money and power. So they have a lot of wealth and they have a lot of influence. And obviously with this kind of, um, this is also what conspiracy theories relay on, on the idea of a, of a mastermind who has wealth and power and wants more of it. Um, so, so in this way already, they, um, so in this way already, Bill Gates is a sort of like, he's a perfect fit, but then, uh, what is more in his case is that he deals with things that are not really understandable, not easily graspable to like, you know, an average person. So artificial intelligence, let's say, then uh, so, so like really advanced technology. That's one thing that, that, that we are surrounded by, by the way, and we all use it and we don't necessarily know how it works. One second there in, in that uh, technology, no, because uh, uh, you mentioned the, the new villains, intangible yet personified, for example, the 5G technology. What can you tell us about, about this 5G technology and all these 
conspiracy theories surrounding this uh, 5G technology? Uh, well, <laughs> I'm far from being an expert on 5G technology. So as far as I understand, it's mostly to make our lives again easier, more convenient, and our access to internet more um, sort of like our internet connections faster and the coverage wider and whatnot. So, so in general, it's, uh, it's more the same using a different technology. But uh, that can be questions like, why do we need a new technology for what we already have? I guess I'm, I'm a little bit improvising, but, but I guess that's, that's, that's one thing. And then nobody really knows why, it, um, like how it works again, because there are these curious information or the, 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 there are these waves that we don't really know much about or whatnot. Like, and, and I'm talking from a perspective of an average person because um, people who know more about 5G, for instance, or more about technology in general, they know how it works, of course. Uh, let, let's jump to another um, conspiracy theory, um, Kinga, and it's actually the, the anti-vaccination movement. Um, and surrounding that uh, anti-vaccination movement, there's, uh, there's another theory, and also is the creation of a bogus vaccine intended not to cure the disease, but rather to implant microchips through which humans could be remotely controlled. And uh, that's why they are implementing this uh, six distance. So the more that the humans are distanced, uh, they can be more trackable um, with these microchips. Yeah. What, what can you tell us about, uh, about this? Like, why would, why would we actually need microchips? There, there are other technologies already available that, that could one way or another claim control over human beings. So in a way, it's like, you know, it's, and that might also point to the misunderstanding and mistrust of technology, because um, those are very old ideas in a way, like old school maybe more. Uh, when because yeah the technology has technology has moved forward but somehow they stuck to the idea that there are microchips that have to be implanted and and so on so yeah talking about <laughs> the, the discrete appeal of conspiracy theories Kinga you said that we must then ask what currency do conspiracy theories have in a contemporary information rich societies. So first of all, among these, all these information, there's also spurious uh, knowledge. Uh, there are lies, there, are, there is misinformation, the information and whatnot there, the, the fake news, was, if you like. Um, so, so first of all, next to the legitimate knowledge, there's also this fake spurious knowledge. So obviously um, navigating these it's already very tricky. So how do you how do you actually distinguish between the two? How do you make sense? How do you and how do you expect every person to do that? Especially if they have just so many things going on in their lives. So first of all, there is this information saturation, um, and um, and the information that that is not always credible. But then on um, on the other hand, even if we just um, sort of are able to um, to find this credible and correct information, there is still the wealth of it. The volume of information is just still too huge for one person to kind of process and make sense of. So um, we have access to a lot of information, a lot of explanations, but they are just so difficult to process. 
So conspiracy theories, again, through their kind of narrative appeal and through the simplicity of explanations that they provide, are very appealing in the sort of like in the, in the context that we are in where we are surrounded by all kinds of knowledge like all over from coming from every direction and not not really being able to sort it out very 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 interesting uh, so, uh, Inga, we um i have actually another question and, and, it, and it that you mentioned that in time of crisis uh, conspiracy theories will always be a step ahead of carefully crafted evidence-based theories in providing an overcharging, rationalistic, simple, and therefore compelling explanation. In that case, how exactly we should do, or, or what we should do to combat the adverse effects of these conspiracy theories? Well, so I guess this is not something that I do a lot, but um, I have colleagues and who do it and it's like a growing field, but science communication would be very important here. So obviously the way science is communicated to the society, if it is communicated at all. So first of all, it should be communicated in the, uh, and, and secondly, it should be communicated in a way that is understandable. So, and so not only scientific per, um, papers that talk jargon, but actually explanations that, so, so actually going sort of like communicating with the society using channels that the society uses and uses, using the language that, that the society uses. So whenever we have knowledge, that's something that we should do. And I also think, by the way, that this is something that politicians should do, because in this very um, hectic, very difficult situation that we have right now, and we have not only the academics, of course, not only the medical professionals, but also, also politicians acting with knowledge that is far from being full. So, uh, and, and somehow their decisions might, especially if they are radical, uh, as radical as lockdowns or, um, and so on, they might seem very arbitrary and therefore very difficult for, uh, for the society to accept and, and follow. So uh, I think that um, I've read a piece that really, um, that really kind of praised the Prime Minister of New Zealand for the way she communicated with the society, telling them like, okay, this is what we know and acting on this best knowledge, this is what we are going to do and we are going to do this and this in order to do that. And please act this way because in this way you're going to show that you care for everybody else. And this is like a very humane and very sort of simple communication and also very honest because you don't pretend to know more than, than the others. So in a way, on a time scale, conspiracy theories are always going to be a step ahead. And I think that's inevitable because they already know the explanation before the situation happens, actually, because the explanation is in the past and then it's just very often only projected in the future, sometimes with some kind of or in the present, sometimes with some kinds of kind of modifications, but not even always. And for scientific explanations or sort of like there needs to be actually a yeah, um, time to study. So you can only know in a way or know well in, re in retrospect, in hindsight. So, so what we can do, I think, is not try to provide knowledge faster or claim to provide full knowledge faster than we can provide conspiracy theories, but try to make conspiracy theories less appealing, less enchanting, 
So basically these enchant them by, well, probably information and media literacy is important here, but, but probably many other things too. This is uh, our last question and we really appreciate your time. Um, uh, what would be your best advice to the new generations to tackle all these uh, theories in a more, um, let's say, realistic and, and less sci-fi mode? Yeah, well, I guess, first of all, we somehow need to accept that the world is complicated, that it's unpredictable, and we can never really have full knowledge. So uh, we really somehow have to try and accept that that we are never going to have, or at least not, <laughs> not anytime soon, a full explanation. So we just have to be able to act with partial knowledge and um and yeah well i i think that all in all technology is your ally i think that the um especially the internet is your ally but yeah i, I mean again <laughs> there is need for information and, and digital literacy so so but yeah I, I i believe that if people are more willing to accept young people and and not only are more willing to accept this kind of like random nature of the world than we are, that the, the conspiracy theories are going to become less appealing. I don't know if, it, if, if it's really a good advice. I don't know if it helps, but that's, I think, the best, the best I can do. Dr. Kinga Pulinsuk Alenius, uh, Doctor of Social Science, Communications and Media Studies uh, from the Helsinki College for Advanced Studies at the University of Helsinki in Finland. We really appreciate your time and thank you very much for being today on the Millennial Show. Thank you very much. Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.